Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Friday, September 24th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. And unfortunately, my man, there's like really not much to talk about, right? Is there really anything going on in the Ohio State football world? Uh, it's pretty quiet on the home front when it comes to Ohio State football. I mean, I don't think we'll have a lot to talk about today. No, I mean, I guess other than the fact we could be seeing the start of the comma court era at quarterback, We'll see what happens. Or maybe this is as simple as just C.J. Stroud's going to miss one week and he's going to get his job back. They're just trying to rest <laughs> his shoulder. You know, Ryan Day's talked about that, that, you know, that he had a similar situation when he was in college, when he was a quarterback, that he rested his shoulder a week and it felt better. I don't know how it's going to work out, man. But And they have not made this official yet, but from multiple sources, and Letterman Rowe was the first one to report this, but multiple sources have told Bucknuts it's going to be Kyle McCord starting the game tomorrow against Akron. What are your thoughts on this development? I think uh, someone decided to be an adult in the room and do the right thing, not only for C.J. Stroud, but his football team. You're playing against Akron. Dave, you can go out there and hand the ball off to Trevion Henderson 25 times, and we would still win by 42 points. Uh, I think it's much needed to get him some rest. The last thing that you want to see, if he truly is your guy, is your quarterback going into Big Ten play with a lame with a lame duck arm? The last thing you want is to have your backup quarterbacks not having any type of real game time experience. If something happens to C.J. Stroud where his shoulder continues to get worse, so I applaud Ohio State. I think this is the right move. It's a multiple prong type of analysis here because. In one instance, you can look at it as Ryan Day is going to get a look at Kyle McCord. He's going to see what he has in him. And if for whatever reason Kyle McCord comes out and looks phenomenal, meaning that he has total command of the offense, passes aren't selling over wide open wide receiver's head, he's delivering strikes. Even though it's Akron, you can get a sense to say, hey, if something happens where CJ is not playing to his potential because of that shoulder, it gives him the opportunity and the reason to make that switch if it's needed without a full-blown controversy. But I have said on Sunday, Dave, that if Ohio State didn't rest C.J. Stroud and he goes out against one of the worst teams in college football and he's airmailing throws, they're going to single-handedly create a quarterback controversy within itself because if he's looking bad against Akron, everybody's going to be calling for the next guys to step up. Now with him getting rest, 
I, I truly believe it's best for him because, you know, it's, it's been a lot of speculation out there that he really needed to sit down and rest, but he didn't want to because he was in such a heated quarterback uh, derby and with the guys that are behind him that he didn't want to relinquish his position. I know Dave Repson of the Big Ten Network, when they visited Ohio State in campus during before the season even started, they said that he was pretty much on the pitch count where he threw maybe two or three balls while they were there. They were trying to rest his shoulders. So this is this is starting to be a long, longer term type of issue than what a lot of people really anticipated. It's not just a, you know, this happened recently. To me, I think this is an injury that's been lingering for quite a bit of time. It's such a weird week to have a new quarterback to sit CJ out. It's I think it's a smart decision. But if you're CJ, you got to be thinking, man, I, I could go out there and throw left-handed and tear up Akron. Akron's horrible. Like, I think a lot of people have said this on the show earlier this week, a couple different times. I think a lot of people looked at the schedule. They knew the first two games could be tricky. Then they kind of bracketed Tulsa and Akron as, oh, that you know, both of those teams are terrible. Tulsa would blow Akron out of the water. Like, they're terrible. So, you know, Kyle McCord's going to go out there tomorrow, Jay Book, and he's going to tear it up. But, like, we're not really going to know anything. What are your thoughts on that? And what do you think is going to happen going forward? Like what's going to happen next week at Rutgers? Your thoughts on just McCord playing Akron tomorrow? And, and what do you think is going to happen going forward with the quarterback position? Come Sunday, Dave, you're going to be on social media and the message boards, and you're going to have a large segment of the fan base saying, see, I told you, and they're going to be calling for Kyle McCord to be the starting quarterback. Uh, anybody can go out there against Rutgers and perform well. What I want to see is, is this a situation you mean where see, anybody can, oh, Akron, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry Akron, usually, yeah. usually it would, usually it would be Rutgers, <laughs> but maybe not now. Right. I mean, Shiano, Shiano, not a good defensive coordinator, but is a good head coach. It's like the opposite of Chris Ash. He was a good defensive coordinator, <laughs> horrible head coach at Rutgers. Shiano's a Jersey guy. No, but I, I knew what you meant. I just wanted to clarify that. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. And, both guys are, I think him, uh, Kyle McCoy and Jack Miller are both going to look uh, impressive against Akron. And you're going to have a large segment of, of the fan base that's going to be calling for McCord to be the starting quarterback. I see this playing out in one of two scenarios. One, either C.J. Stroud is going to get healthy uh, or healthier. That shoulder is going to start feeling much better. And he's going to come into that Rutgers game dialed in knowing that he needs to play his butt off because he has a guy on Kyle McCord that is willing and ready to take his position. Or two, C.J. Stroud is going to get the ball against Rutgers. He's going to press. He's going to be trying to be perfect, which no quarterback is going to be perfect, and that's going to call his, cause his play to slip. We saw it with J.T. Barrett and Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones uh, said after the national championship in 2015 that whenever doing the two-quarterback system, he was pressing because – he knew that JT was over there looking over his shoulder. And if he didn't make the plays and he didn't protect the football, make the throws to the wide open receivers, he knew at any moment he can get uh, his number yanked. And I don't know if Ryan Day is going to go that route, but as a, as a quarterback, looking over your shoulder is not necessarily a good thing. It can light a fire under you and it's going to test CJ Stroud mental fortitude here but when I say this is big boy college football, these are, sign of, these are some of the things that I talk about because he needs to block that out, regardless of how well Kyle McCord and Jack Miller plays. If he's going to be 
the quarterback at Ohio State. He needs to come into Rutgers dialed in, lock and loaded, looking like he is the primetime quarterback that Ryan Day truly believes he is. So to me, I think you're going to get great play from the backups. After that, I, I truly believe it's going to be CJ's job against Rutgers. Now, if we go into a situation where the defense is getting gashed against Rutgers, the offense is starting slow, CJ's not putting up points from the board, the shoulder still looks like it's an issue, I can easily see at that point Ryan Day uh, calling Kyle McCoy to the game. And at that point, all bets are off. You have a full-fledged quarterback controversy. Let's shift gears to the defense, Jay Book, and get into that. It's amazing that is not the main story right now. <laughs> I mean, when you change quarterbacks, though, that's, of course, going to be the main story. But my goodness, defensive changes plenty. personnel, coaching. I mean, coaching stands out the most, but there's been personnel changes. I love the fact that Cam Martinez is out there. He looks like a baller. I like these young guys, man. I don't like the fact that it seems like the best players on defense are true freshmen. <laughs> Denzel Burke, Tyleek Williams, and redshirt freshmen. My Cam Martinez out there balling out. Um, I do think Cam Brown's playing well. I like the corners. I like what, the, what I'm seeing out of the corners. I need to see more out of the linebackers, but I do like Cody Simon there. Um, you know, hopefully Taraja Mitchell can come back. You know, EA Gatiote is uh, playing a little bit more and playing better. Uh, maybe there's some hope there at linebacker. We will see. Dallas Gann, of course, has transferred out of the program. He's in the portal. I want to get your thoughts on the defense overall. Start with Matt Barnes calling the defense. I don't know why he is on the field and not the box. Whatever. I've made a big deal about that all week. Your thoughts on Matt Barnes calling the defense, not Kerry Combs, and just your overall thoughts on the Silver Bullets. Well, they, they did show some different looks against Tulsa that I did like. I did like the fact that they went to the double high safety instead of got it out of the single high safety. But to me, I still think the defense is schematically flawed. They still gave up 500 yards. You have a middle linebacker in Tommy Eichenberg who played 53 snaps with zero tackles. I do not know how that is even possible. And then you have Bryson Shaw back there to play the most snaps on defense. So, you still have a player personnel issue when guys aren't performing at a high level. I know James Laurinaitis on his show was talking about the middle linebackers and he was pretty much flat out disgusted that you can have a linebacker that can play that many snaps and not even record a tackle. He would say that he would be ticked off and Luke Fickle will be on their butt if the linebackers didn't even record four or five tackles against a high power passing offense. So, Imagine, uh, you know, if what Luke would say if the, his, one of his linebackers didn't record any tackles. So to me, I think the, the defense is still a work in progress. As you mentioned, the, the freshmen, I like the way those younger guys are playing and it's lighting a fire under their butt. I mean, you look at uh, Tyler Williams down there at the D tackle position. The guy plays hard. He's he's making plays. If you look at Terran Vincent, he played a limited amount of snaps there. And if you to believe what Larry Johnson said when it comes to not being able to create a pass rush and guys winning one-on-one -on -one battles, he's saying that he's going to start putting in guys who can do it. And if that means that older guys have to come off the field, then so be it. And that's what you want to hear as Buckeye fans because one of the, the glaring issues with this defense is the lack of pass rush, not being able to get to the quarterback. If, if the quarterback's being able to sit back there for you know three and four seconds and just – pick and choose where he wants to go with the football, that's an issue. You're going to get exposed. Um, but the linebackers, to me, are probably the biggest issue when it comes to the defense. 
And I was looking at pro football focus rate uh, ratings and almost our entire linebacking room is ranked in the three hundreds, Dave, 300s when it comes to all big 10 linebackers, like that's how bad they're playing that you have the typically the leaders of the silver bullets ranked in the hundred three hundreds when it comes to their grades overall over the last three games when it comes to how they perform on the field. And to me, I, that's an indictment on Al Washington. He needs to figure out what he's doing with that position. I mean, you cannot have a middle linebacker out there blowing, blowing coverages, not reading his assignments, missing tackles, not recording any tackles. If anything, give me a younger guy who's going to go out there and play with his hair on fire and knock the snot out of somebody. If you're going to make a mistake, I'd rather for you to make a mistake, but at the same time having a high ceiling elite athleticism to where you can cover up some of your mistakes with your play. If you're going to play a veteran guy, you're going to expect that guy to get the defense lined up. You're going to expect that guy to be able to make his run fits. He's going to be able to trigger uh, and fill those lanes whenever it's spilled to him. And you're not seeing that from the linebacker position. I've talked to several of the, the former linebackers uh, from Ohio State, and those guys just said they're having the line, the current linebackers are having a major issue when it comes to reading and reacting. It's almost like their feet are stuck in mud. And that is on Al Washington because if those guys don't have the capability to play fast, they're thinking too much, they're not reading their keys, basic assignments. That falls back on the linebacking coach. And I like Al Washington. I thought Al Washington, you know, did a really solid job last year with those guys. He got, I think he got the most out of Pete Werner. If, if you look back at Tough Borland, he was limited athletically, but you didn't see Tough making these mental mistakes that you see now. Uh, even though Tough was put in a lot of bad situations when it came to spreading him out and making him run sideline to sideline, that just was not his game. But I thought Al did a good job with those linebackers last year, but this year they are having major issues. And then, you know, we, we finish up with the secondary. I like what I'm seeing out of those corners that you mentioned. They compete. Uh, there's times where I saw Cam Brown really getting his head around. Denzel Burke is a star. He's going to be a potential first-round corner. Uh, if they can get that safety position uh, shored up there with uh, Proctor out, then they have a chance – but there's it's a long way to go, Dave. Right now, I'm super skeptical that they're going to be able to get it get the ship right because the Big Ten they smell blood. They smell blood when it comes to this defense. And if they don't figure out the guys that they need to play, I mean, you look at Tulsa. There was 28 guys on defense that played. We're not good enough to play 28 guys. You need to be playing your top 11 guys. Let them get as most as many reps as possible, and then you rotate in some of those other guys. In the first quarter alone, Ohio State played 20 guys on defense. This defense, they're not good enough to continue to do hockey line changes, which I do not understand why they're doing that. You can scheme all you want to, but it's incredibly hard to have 28 guys understand where their fits are, understand what the defense is asking them to do. And I think that's one of the major problems that you're seeing from that side of the football. And I was listening to Rick Neuheisel today on 
college football XM talking about Ohio State and the defense. And he was saying within the coaching circles, uh, there's been a lot of talk that Ryan Day has reached outside to other former coaches uh, that's kind of retired sideline that's been watching the game closely, just getting advice on how to right the ship when it comes to this defense, including multiple conversations with Greg Madison. So if, if that's the case and Rick Neuheisel is correct, that tells me that Ryan Day is, is very concerned about his coaches getting the ship right. And for him to be able to have to step outside of his own coaching room is not a great indictment on where things are headed or wh where he believes this defense uh, could be going once we get into the Big Ten season. Fantastic insights, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you like the show, give us a five-star review. That helps a lot. If you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We appreciate that very much. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks again to all of the listeners out there. We appreciate that very much. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Have a great day and a great weekend, Bucknutters. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.